Well, hey, friends, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week. And in this week's episode, which is the second in my series on money mindsets, we're going to be talking about how money doesn't always have to be earned in the so-called usual way. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Well, hey, I hope everyone is doing well this week. And yeah, as I'm recording this, it is uh, April 2021. We just had a snowfall here in Toronto, and it's uh, been a bit of a challenging time. But uh, let's not talk too much about that. Let's focus on our topic of the day, which is the second little bit on money mindsets. So in our first episode on money mindsets, we talked about, you know, the overall big picture. That is, we talked about like baggage you might have around money, things we need to work on, boundaries we need to set, um, things that we should and should not be doing in order to earn an income. I mean, really, on in the end, these things are all up to any of you. Um, but, you know, sometimes we get taken advantage of or sometimes we allow ourselves to think that we're not worthy of earning money. And that's that's not a helpful mindset to have when you're trying to build a business and a life for yourself, right? So uh, yeah, don't forget you're a skilled professional. Don't let anyone take advantage of you and convince you to give like deep discounts or work for free, right? So this week I wanted to continue that conversation from a little bit of a different angle. Well, I realize it's a bit of a one-sided conversation as I'm the one doing all the talking, but I hope you will view this as a conversation as nothing I say is some sort of like law, right? It's food for thought. But let's talk about thinking non-linearly about your income. That's that's what we're we're getting into today. You know, getting creative on ways you can earn you can use your professional skills to earn a good income, right? So First things first, it doesn't have to be all hands-on or traditional so-called like time for money when it comes to earning an income. Yes, I know that is the normal way. That's the expected way, right? Um, whether you're in like a salaried or an hourly wage job or like most of you where you're sort of charging a fee for a set amount of your time, for example, like a one-hour treatment or a 30-minute consultation or, you know, whatever it is. Um, it's the thing we're used to. It's the thing that as a society, as a culture, for the most part, obviously, some of you are in different parts of the world and things might be a little different. But for the most part, sort of what we've decided is how we earn an income, you know. So that's what we're going to talk about today, getting out of that mindset that we have to earn an income the way that most of our parents and grandparents did. Now, if you're coming from a family of business owners or people who've always found other ways to earn a living, it's probably, this is probably all obvious to you, or at least somewhat obvious. But for a lot of us, that's not the case. So let's have a little conversation about this. So first off, I want to remind you all about something really important. Money is a tool. That's it. It's a tool used to create the life that you want to live. 
So in order to feel comfortable looking at new ways to earn an income with your skills, you need to look at any ideas or preconceived notions you might have about, you know, earning money and, and like income and what has value and what's worth paying for. Because <laughs> the way I see it, um, the way we think about spending our own money has a big influence on the way we set our fees and charge our clients and our businesses, right? So think about think about this for a second in terms of your own self or other people that you know. Are you the type of person to haggle over prices with people and have a like a I'm not paying for that kind of mindset and be super, super, super picky about what you consider to be good customer service? You know, that's all fine, right? We all have different standards and we all have different ideas about where our money should be spent. For some practical tips on saving money, by the way, wait for the next podcast episode. Hint, hint, it's coming soon. But that said, you really need to be careful about how that mindset of, you know, really watching every dollar um, bleeds into your own business. Because most people I know who have a like haggle on price always, you know, don't spend too much on most things, uh, you know, mindset, they end up undercharging when it comes to their own fees because they end up putting that don't pay too much mindset onto their own fees, which means that they're going to earn less income. They see it as trying to be fair and reasonable and going, well, if I was looking for that, I wouldn't want to pay that too much, you know, kind of idea. But is it actually fair? Is it actually reasonable? Well, it certainly isn't fair to you. Let's be honest about this. A lot of the time we think people are not willing to pay more for our services, but if we actually asked them, they would be. Yes, there's going to be a few people who are going to say no, but for the most part, people are willing to pay more than you think. And this is a hard lesson for me as well, let me tell you, like honestly. Like like here's a story from my real life for you all. It's not exactly about my fees, but it's about just um, looking at uh, what things are worth, you know. So my husband's pretty good at negotiating with people. Um, but he also sees the value in his own work. So like he's negotiated raises and bonuses and all kinds of things for himself. But he's also saved us money by doing fair, respectful negotiating with businesses that we work with on a personal level, right? Now, I'm not great at this. I'm working on it for sure. But I do have that sort of like, oh, don't spend too much, don't charge too much mindset a little bit. Um, again, I've been working on it and, I, and I've really learned to have boundaries and not charge less than I'm worth or charge extra if somebody wants an extra rather than just giving it for free, you know, that wasn't already part of the deal. Sometimes I do have clients ask me for things and they think that it's going to cost extra and actually it was included. I could charge them extra, but I'm, I'm also a reasonable person and I'm not going to charge you if it was already supposed to be included, you know. So all to say there are ways you can save money on things that don't impact how you think about money in the big picture. Um, just make sure you're not underselling yourself simply thinking that everybody's trying to save a buck because that's not really doing your your service justice. It's not doing you. Uh, it's not being fair by you is what I'm trying to say. Really, it's mo but moving away from the always be haggling, never pay too much, always be careful about how much you spend mindset and to more of a mindset of money is a tool for living. It isn't a limited resource in the world. And, you know, see what works best under the circumstances kind of mindset. Okay. So now let's chat about actually earning an income in different ways. So having a mindset of, you know, this is the way it's always supposed to be is going to limit you. I'm sorry. Um, why would you do that to yourself? Don't limit yourself, you know. Yes, you have to have a stable source of income. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you can just like 
fly by the seat of your pants and do whatever, you know, uh, you your gut says to do that particular day. That's not a good idea. You know, you need to make sure you can pay your bills. You need to make sure you can live your life, especially if you have dependents, right? But that doesn't mean you need to do the exact same thing everybody else is doing to earn their income. And this is a problem I see a lot in, uh, in our, our little sphere here of, of health and wellness providers, particularly massage therapists, because those are the people I talk to the most. But uh, yeah, let me give you a real world example, just so you don't think that I'm, you know, or just so it, just so it becomes more real to you, right? Because maybe you haven't seen a lot of this. So with the current world situation, a lot of practitioners have moved their businesses online or partly online. We've talked about that, right? If you want to listen to an episode of that, about that, by the way, or a series about that, go back to my late 2020 mini series on uh, taking your business online. And also I have an ebook about it. Um, just go to happylittlebiz.com and you can purchase a copy if you'd like. Um, this is not, it's not an advertisement for me <laughs> today, I promise. But that aside, here's what I'm seeing quite a lot in terms of people's thoughts about moving their business online. So here in Canada, and I know in a lot of other places as well, insurance does not always cover uh, online or virtual appointments, right? Or uh, they might cover it for certain types of providers like chiropractors and not cover for other providers like for example, here, massage therapists, it's unfortunate, you know, and I encourage any of you who can do this to advocate for yourself to insurance companies to allow that to sorry, to get them to allow you to um, to bill for virtual or online appointments. There's, you know, there's no reason for them not to. Well, I mean, there are reasons, but, you know, in terms of uh, chiropractor versus massage therapist, it really doesn't make any sense. But uh, that aside. Do you have to wait for the insurance company to approve it? Does it really matter that much? Do you need their approval in order to do your work? The answer is no. Like, you know, I see various online forums, yeah, Facebook and various other places, you know, that people chat and they're arguing that they can't do online appointments because insurance won't cover it. And anyone who says they're going to do it anyway, they just they keep saying, yeah, but insurance isn't going to cover it. So I can't do it. Insurance won't cover it. And your answer when you see people say stuff like that should be like, and so <laughs> so you're asking clients to pay out of pocket. And then some people will be like, well, my clients won't do that. But my answer or my response to that is, did you actually ask them? Did you offer online consultations and make, make people aware that insurance companies might not pay for it? And what did, what did your clients say? You know. Now, let me be clear here. I get that it's not going to be like a slam dunk for most of you, right? It's not going to be an instant switch. Clients are not going to immediately go, awesome, yeah, I'll just pay out of pocket for everything. Like... It doesn't always work out, right? You know, and, and also, uh, I guess I should mention, of course, some people are not going to be willing to pay for virtual appointments, right? Of course not. Again, you know, it's going to depend on where you work, what, you know, what uh, population you tend to work with, uh, you know, how well you're known in the community. There's many, many factors as to whether people are going to be willing to pay for an online appointment. But some people will. That's the point I'm trying to get across here. That's the thing I really want you to understand. Especially now that we're a year into this whole situation. And in some areas, you know, we're looking at months, many months more. Um, here in Canada, you know, things are not so great right now with, uh, with uh, pandemic numbers, right? So 
we're looking at a while before things are somewhat back to normal. So some people are going to be more willing to pay for a virtual appointment than they were even six months ago, you know? So don't let that insurance company thing stop you. Don't let your peers telling you, oh, well, that can't work, stop you, right? Yes, you can charge for virtual appointments. Yes, you can bring part of your business online if you want to. You know, did you actually try is what, I, is what I'm challenging you with. When it comes to thinking about earning an income in new ways, you need to try new things. That is the takeaway from this episode, okay? Or one of the big takeaways. You need to ignore the people who are like, oh, you can't do that or, well, that won't work or whatever. Now, as always, it just I say this so that I don't get people DMing me or sending me emails saying, well, we can't do that because we're a regulated health profession and our college has said we're not allowed. That's different, okay? If, you, if your college has said you are not allowed to do it, great. You know, I, I get it. Then it becomes up to you as to whether or not you want to try doing it in a different way. So if you're regulated, hear me out here for a second. Maybe you can offer online appointments and maybe you can't in terms of your regulatory body telling you. But keep in mind that you can do things outside of your regulations, your scope of practice, whatever, as long as you're very, very, very clear about that with the clients who are booking for these services. In other words, that it's not being provided under your professional designation. It's just being, it's just another service that you have as a, as a human being, as a business owner, right? Lots of people run more than one business. It's super, super common. You know, you can be a massage therapist and also have an Etsy shop. You can be a physiotherapist and also a running coach. You can be a chiropractor and also run an online yoga group. You can be an acupuncturist and also do paid public speaking about entrepreneurship and so on and so forth, right? As long as you're transparent and clear about these boundaries, there's zero reason to just throw in the towel simply because your regulatory body says something is not allowed under your scope of practice. You are a human. You are not your registration number. So here's the thing. If you think there might be demand for a service or a product or your expertise in general, go for it. Think creatively. Don't get stuck in the I can only charge for one hour appointments or I can only do the exact same things that my peers do. You know, hourly rates and time for money are old concepts and they work for sure. But you don't have to only stick to that. You know, are there things that you could do that you can make into a little side business that's separate from, you know, your massage therapy or whatever you normally do? Are there extras you can offer to clients as an additional source of income? Is there a service or a skill you could sell to your peers? That's what I want you all to think about. Really brainstorm here, okay? It doesn't have to be ideas completely outside of your normal work either, by the way. You know, yes, I mentioned the idea of like an Etsy shop or public speaking or coaching that isn't, you know, part of your normal uh, business, but 100% you can do something totally outside like your day-to-day massage or physio or whatever you do in health and wellness, but you do not have to. It can be as simple as saying like, hey, I rent this space full-time, but I'm not actually physically here full-time. Can I rent my room to another practitioner or even a completely different business a few days a week? Can we make that work? Because I could make some income off of that. (laughs) there's one creative way to try and earn more. Or, hey, I already coach my clients on stretches and range of motion exercises. What if I put together a video series and I sold that? There's something you could do, and it's completely within your, uh, your wheelhouse, as they say, right? 
Or, uh, hey, I used to be a pretty good bodybuilder back in the day. You know, maybe you're my age, you're in your 40s, and you're starting to feel like you're old. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I was a pretty good bodybuilder. I could create a program for people to help them get competition ready, combining my, you know, my knowledge and skills as a massage therapist with my, you know, my actual competition knowledge, right? Or whatever. These are literally, as I was writing the script for this episode, they are literally things I sat and thought about in like five minutes, you know? If you brainstorm, you could probably come up with dozens of ideas. What can you do to earn income differently that use your skills, knowledge, and client base and community? That's the key that I want to focus on here. That's the thing that I want you to take away from this episode. How can you earn an income that isn't simply exchanging time for money? What are skills and resources that you already have at your fingertips that you can use in order to help yourself earn a good income? You know, again, that isn't just simply booking one hour appointments with clients, whatever, right? So that wraps up this episode, a little bit shorter than the first episode, but um, it's an important topic. It's something that I really wanted to uh, drive home here for you all is that it's really vital to be willing to get out of the mindset of, you know, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a chiropractor, therefore I only do appointments with patients. Or I'm a, you know, I'm an acupuncturist, therefore we only do acupuncture and, say, Chinese medicine. Most people are do both um, appointments and that kind of thing. Really, like, just expand your ideas, even if you stay within the profession that you're already in and you don't try to do something that's a bit of a, a change pace, right? You try, you, even if you don't try to switch it up to, like I said, an Etsy shop or something completely different, right? There are ways for you to earn an income and a good income at that um, that aren't necessarily just, you know, exchanging, exchanging time for money is what I'm saying. You know, it all comes down to time. Obviously, in the end, you are putting in effort to things, but it doesn't have to be literally an exchange of one hour appointment costs $110, right? You can change that. You can change that scenario. It doesn't have to be that way, but you have to actually put forward the effort to do so. And you have to do a little bit of work to convince people that, you know, what you're offering is worth it. But um, if you're really good at what you do, people are going to be willing to pay you for it. You just need to actually be willing to ask. So that's it for this week. And uh, I'll be back with you in one week. If uh, you're listening to this well into the future, then the podcast episode is already up. Ooh, the future. Um, <laughs> but seriously, the next episode is going to be about uh, five things you can do to save money in your business. I'll talk to you then. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. 
Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or, depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.